And the winner of the award for best video game podcast goes to the besties. Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. Today we are talking about the Game Awards, the annual celebration of all things video games. Let's talk about the nominees and some of the controversies. I'm Jason Schreier. I'm Kirk Hamilton. And I'm Maddie Myers. Hello, we are back Hi. for Hello. another episode. We are. It's we us. Are. Yep, we're we back. are. Uh, we are recording this a little bit early because I'm about to go a to LA. <laughs> so we're really back. It's like, like almost a full week early. We actually. Just did a double header. <laughs> now we're back <laughs> at it again. All sorts of things could happen between when we record I this know. and when yeah. when when uh, when it goes live. This is the first time we've recorded three episodes in a single week. It's a triple mm. triple click for That's us. A triple three. triple click. It's yeah. impressive. Oh, it is a triple week for triple click. That's that's true. right. And Kirk is like everywhere. He's on the besties. He's on I know. How did this get played? It's a quadruple like, Kirk week. It's true. I've been on a lot of podcasts, podcasting yeah. all over the place. See, I'm taking um, the month off from Strong Song, so I'm just like energized uh, for podcasting. I have all this podcast well, energy to. He's just around. talking, talking into the mirror every day. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just, just monologuing at my dog and at Emily. <laughs> if you out there want to keep Kirk's energy up and make it so he can feed himself to keep to like he needs a lot of calories to keep that energy it's going true. so yeah, yeah. So true. you can so help true. support the show you can help support triple like which is an entirely listener supported podcast we don't have any ads um we just uh we just have members like you find folks out there it's true um if you become a member a max fund member you can support the show um the minimum all you have to pay is five dollars a month and in exchange for that five dollars a month you get a bonus episode from us every single month in addition to a feed full of other shows bonus episodes but from us you're getting it monthly that's pretty Pretty cool, I think. Um, our most recent bonus episode, which just went up, is about Battles Royale. It's about um, we all watch the movie Battle Royale and we talk mm-hmm. about like the the genre Squid as a game. whole. We talk about Squid Game, Dang and Rampa. We just kind of dissect it. Fortnite. It's a lot of fun. All, we spoil Fortnite. We do. There, we spoil. So we spoil the story of Fortnite. Yeah. That was a fun one. Um, we had a couple of fun bonus episodes oh, recently. Yeah. I'm going to say I really liked that that Battle Royale episode. That was a lot of fun. It was, um, it was. So if you want movie. to check all that stuff out and help support the show, help make Triple Click happen, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash join. But even if you can't or don't want to, we still love you and thank you for being here yeah, and listening thank you to for our listening. show. You yeah. out there, Triple Click's audience wins the Game Award for Best Audience, Best <laughs> Podcast Audience. I think that, that, I think that, that it, they would really win that. We don't have the authority to give them a Game Award for that. I we think, could give I them some our, type of Triple Click Award. The Triple Click. Yeah, the triple, the triple clickies, the clickies, the clickies. I think, and our Discord wins the award for best community, the triple click Discord. Which I think that congratulations, they would really be strong contenders for that for that award. It's a pretty great community. Maybe I'll even pop into the Discord while at uh, the Game Awards show. Maybe I'll send some send you guys some. Yeah, because you. The reason we're recording this so early is because Jason will physically be at the Game Awards this coming week. I will. I will. On Monday, I'm flying out to Los Angeles. That's what we're talking about today, by the way, because <laughs> I didn't I didn't say that up front. But yeah, no. today we're doing a What's the Deal with the Game Awards because it's a big show. A lot of people are talking about it this week and we want to talk about it. Yeah, on Monday, I fly out to LA. I'm uh, doing a bunch of stuff, doing some reporting, talking to some, meeting up with some folks. Um, and on Thursday... Are you going to rush the stage during the Game Awards and like do anything be crazy? Like, should we keep funny, an eye out for no. you like while mm-hmm. we're watching? 
holding it or no. like maybe you'll be in the audience. What kind of mask are you going to be wearing? Maybe you'll see me in the audience. You'll be holding a sweet code and sign. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be hanging out with uh, with our former colleague Tina Amini. We'll be sitting there oh, and cracking nice. up cool, and making cool. jokes the whole time. So that'll be fun. But yeah, I'll be at the Game Awards. Um, looking forward to it. The show itself is like who needs to be there. You can just watch it on Twitch. But afterwards, there's always like a big hangout at like a hotel bar nearby, which is pretty cool. Um, so looking forward to that and just seeing people like this is my first time traveling for real in two years. And that's nuts. Yeah, um, that's exciting. So yeah, very much looking forward to it. But anyway, let's talk about the show, right? So the Game Awards. This is like... Um, Gaming's Biggest Night, Red Carpet, <laughs> all the greatest designers <laughs> creating outfits for Todd Howard. It's a show that, that wants to be the Oscars <laughs> of video games, that's for sure. Um, and it has an interesting history. We won't get into it too much, but the short version is there used to be this thing called the Spike Video Game Awards that a guy called Jeff Keighley would put together and run, and that's kind of one of the ways in which he became famous. He became the Jeff Keighley that many game fans know today. The Spike VGAs were actually, the Spike Game Awards were actually super heavily criticized because they did a lot of like Spike TV things. I remember I wrote a blog post in like 2011 that went viral about it, but a lot of people I have just criticized this, them yeah. um, for teabagging and like doing all sorts of ridiculous. They had sure. a, they had a, uh, I say that it's not a joke. In 2011, they had this, this um, skit where like, if you spoke for too long on stage, a guy dressed up as a Call of Duty character would come out and teabag you on stage. Right. Um, and you wrote a post about how cool that was. And I did. I was yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is amazing. This really like <laughs> Greatest gamer thing culture. Ever. Why doesn't so why don't the Oscars do this instead exactly. of that like stupid exactly. thing where they play classical music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and now the Oscars do do that because of you. Yeah. Since then, Keeley has gone off on his own, started the show on his own, the Game Awards, and it's become the big thing every single year. And the reason that it gets so much attention is not because of the awards, which I don't think a ton of people are super invested in, but because of the game announcements. And unlike the Oscars or really any other award show, this this uh, uh, show includes trailers and new reveals for upcoming video games. So it's more of like a marketing event than it is an award show, or like it's a half half marketing event, half award show. And then what's really bizarre is there's also like live music from random bands that Keely likes and like celebrities <laughs> just talking about stuff and, and whatnot. It, it's kind of this weird chimera of like just entertainment like parts of entertainment that I guess Jeff Keighley is really into. It, it's a lot of just his personal passions. So like his favorite bands show up. I think Weezer was on there one year. Um, Imagine Dragons is coming this year. Keighley's really into music. So uh, so that's this is why. Like this is why they're just random bands appearing on stage at the Game Awards. <laughs> and so yeah, so this year we're going to see like a bunch of game announcements and that's what people are most excited about. And it's why I have to watch it for work. I, I mean, you know, we're going to write up the award winners, but it's also similar to preparing for a press conference or E3 or what have you, we prepare like a news slate for the Game Awards, which if you're covering the Oscars, and I've covered the Oscars before for other publications, you are only covering the awards. You write, you can pre-write a lot of that coverage. But for the Game Awards, you can't do any of that. You have to pre-write the announcements that you think are going to be made. And often, Jeff Keighley is pretty secretive about who will and won't appear in the show. So mm-hmm. it's like a real news event that you actually have to watch the whole darn thing to find out <laughs> what games are going to be announced. Yeah. Um, you got to assign your team of reporters yep, and yep. have people have people getting on that have stuff. their screenshot fingers ready on the mouse clicking away so yeah i've always been of two minds of that um on one hand like it's not like 
this is ever going to have the prestige of the Oscars because it's a marketing event. On the other hand, who cares about the prestige of the Oscars? It's fun to have a marketing event where you're seeing new games. Like it, it is super fun to watch new games get announced as, as tasteless and strange and puerile. It might all feel to be like, this is we're we're getting really excited about marketing. Um, it's just, it's something that is objectively excited. The three of us, uh, are all going to be excited when the new, uh, uh, star Wars, game gets announced at the game award or whatever else happens at the game i Wars. mean let's let's take it easy you won't be excited we won't talk about it and <laughs> no it's just you know i maybe <laughs> i mean it's like i get what, I, I get it it's 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 hard because it's like yes there is always a part of me that's kind of excited but then there's this weird thing that happens during the game awards stream where usually it's interrupted by actual commercials which are also for video games and Uh like from the reporting side you'll be like you know poised over your keyboard like wait is this just oh no this is just a call of duty advertisement (laughs) this isn't an actual like advertisement for a completely new game that we've never seen before right. in our lives. Those it are the advertisements ad that are part of the game. show. This yeah. is an ad, a current advertisement <laughs> right. for a current video game. But yeah, you are basically getting excited to watch advertisements. Yeah, and then but when like, they're announcing the awards, they usually go really quickly, like more so than mm-hmm. other awards shows do. And they don't necessarily have people make speeches in the same way. They like really pump them out. Like best indie is probably going to be like 0.2 seconds of the show. Like we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the nominees a little bit on our show and we might spend more time on that than the actual game awards end up spending because <laughs> they will be rocketing by so they can like announce the expansion for you know ubisoft's mobile whatever i mean they're they're gonna be going well, at a clip you gotta so fit to in the imagine dragons concert oh, of if course you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna yeah. do a game awards it's a weird event for that reason it's it's unusual. It's not quite like anything else. Yeah. So I've, I don't know, maybe I'm unusual or maybe there, I represent some sliver of the viewership out there, but I find the Game Awards not very pleasant to watch just as a viewing experience. Sort of similar to E3 press conferences. I do think it's really fun to watch in the Discord, you know, with other people. You wouldn't oh, yeah. have to be in the Triple Click Discord. You could just be in a chat with your friends. Like, it's fun if you're kind of riffing with people. But as a viewing experience, it's pretty unpleasant most of the time because of what you describe. Not just because I'm watching ads and there's that feeling of sort of being marketed to, but just the the sort of tenor and frequency of advertisements, the volume, the speed of editing. It's just Mm -hmm. not a pleasant audiovisual experience. (laughs) And I actually do care about the awards because I do think this is the closest thing we have to the Oscars, and I think that the awards themselves, the categories, the nominations are just as sort of idiosyncratic and weird and fun to argue about and kind of nonsensical and frustrating in the same way as the Grammys or the Oscars or the other big award shows, and that that's actually really fun. I think that this show could probably be a little more of that, and it would still get the ratings that it gets, but I also, part of me thinks that maybe... Um, the Game Awards, just how video games are always ahead of the curve when it comes to various the various industries. We're talking about the film industry, the music industry. The video game industry is very advanced. It's always kind of doing things that the other industries might do in five or ten years. And that by turning the biggest award show of the year into a marketing event for future media, it's just doing a thing that we will eventually see more and more of at those other shows. So I don't mm-hmm. really know. Like I don't love that part of it, but I could see this actually being the future of all Award shows well, that would make you more 
want to watch more. Well, yeah, and right. I also think the other thing that the Game Awards do is what you just inadvertently mentioned, Kirk, which is emphasize the live aspect of it and the fact that watching it with your friends in a Discord or on Twitter, if you've got friends who are into games, your whole timeline is people making fun of every single person in a fun way, usually sometimes mm-hmm. a slightly mean way, but in a, we're all doing it together way. Like riffing, and also there riffing, will be yeah. a live feed, like a like a Twitch feed and, and so on. Like there's the live commentary part of it is something that the Oscars is just too classy to ever even you can't even imagine that being true but gamers like that is a part of I'm gonna say the phrase gaming culture I don't there's no way around it that's how that sentence ends but it is the live aspect of it all and making snarky comments is part of experiencing a video game event. People definitely live tweet the Oscars. Oh, so well, be like, yes. That's a whole thing, right? But like there that, is not, that's not what you're the saying, Oscars okay. on Twitch TV and that experience mm, is not a mm-hmm. part of how the Oscars is marketed. It, yes. sh- it probably will be in like <laughs> two years though. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that part of it, I agree with you. The Oscars will be debuting the next whatever trailer, you know, Martin Scorsese. And also they will be on Twitch, you know? Maddie, like, not just is it on Twitch. Also, there's like a fan vote component. Imagine if the Oscars yes. have like a fan like well that's a little closer to the MTV VGAs and the MTV Video Music Awards where there are a lot of fan votes or like the Teen Choice Awards okay sure but that's why those awards don't have the the prestige of the Oscars I think that with with the game awards it's kind of like it's it's got it's that lingering just sense of entitlement where it's like they want gamers to feel like completely coddled to it's like at e3 when the executive phil spencer stands up on stage and is like we do it all for you the gamer like fans are the most important part of our lives like that's what this is (laughs) all about and they play those clip shows of a bunch of you know diverse sets of gamers talking about Uh how their feelings about master chief are the reason why they do everything day to day it's why they get up in the morning and then you watch it and you're like ah yes video games are good for me and i feel great (laughs) that's that's how these events are packaged regardless. Yeah, there's multiple reasons for doing Viewer's Choice Awards. I mean, also, it just gets people involved and it gets the nominees out sharing the thing and trying to get votes. Like, there are a lot of just sort of practical reasons for doing that in addition to making the audience feel catered to, but that is also part of it, definitely at the Game Awards. But it also results in some very weird winners and nominees, which I think we're about to get to, because the Game Awards kind of has it both ways, where it has publications, including Polygon. We did submit a ballot. I don't think either mm. of you were part of any initiative to submit a ballot. Triple Click did not no, submit I've a ballot. No, I've actually never, I've never, maybe when I was at Kotaku one or two years, Kotaku, I, I mean, Yeah, I can't the, remember if. Kotaku did a ballot then when you were there. But um, Kirk, by the way, just to just to respond to this, I'll let you finish in a second, Maddie. But it's not a viewer's choice award. The way it works is um, winners are determined by ninety percent the voting jury and ten uh, percent public fan voting. So winner, so fans can vote on every but award. There, there is also a specific award, though, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I know, yeah. but I'm saying fans can vote on every single award. Which yeah, is- I'm speaking, but speaking broadly, the same logic applies where it's good to have fan votes involved because that encourages people to. To talk about yeah, the yeah, yeah. I just want to make it clear what's happening yes. here. But yes, yeah, Maddie, absolutely. Ahead. And and the other piece of it, the other percentage that Jason mentioned is video game publications. And there are publications that you've probably heard of, like Polygon, because I mention it all the time. It's the one I work for. <laughs> but then there are also tons and tons of other publications that really run the gamut from like really tiny blogs to much bigger publications. And I 
personally don't know how these publications are chosen. I've never known how they do. It's a little or don't bit like Metacritic, right? List. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels a little it's, like being on Metacritic. It's a little odd, and and the result of it is that you have a lot of votes from like these much smaller fan blogs that, as far as I know, are weighted just as heavily as the votes from your IGNs and your Kotaku's and your Polygons, and that's also just a thing that makes the the end result kind of weird and, and you end up with lists of games mm-hmm. a lot that of, are a lot of international outlets diverse um, in well. a certain kind of way where it's like really that made it and i i don't always know how we end up where we are and mm-hmm. uh it definitely makes for for fun categories to argue about on twitter and pretty much no matter who wins people are bad about it but hey that's just like the oscars <laughs> so maybe the tgas is doing something right i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. it's all for for argument's sake right that's why awards exist. Yeah, I think a lot of the the outlets you haven't heard of are the ash- international ones because you could be right. Like, you could be right. Like places in India, Greece, Malaysia, Peru, Philippines, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool that they, it is that cool. There's that kind of diversity on this thing. Um, but yeah, let's let's um let's get into it a little bit. So uh, first of all, Kirk, are you going to watch it? I know it's not an exciting <laughs> viewing experience for you, but are you actually going to watch it? That's a kind of overly exciting viewing experience, right? Mm. Oh yeah, I'll I'll probably watch. Um, okay. I'll watch and, and hang out in the Discord. I think I think I okay. I enjoy that experience, and uh, it's sort of fun seeing who'll win. But I might not watch the whole thing. You know, mm. I might. Oh, turn it, it goes on for late. A bit and then... Also, like the Oscars. It goes yeah, late. but you don't want to miss the the moment when Breath of the Wild two pops up, and it's like the amazing next trailer. Well, so for... that moment I can miss because that I'll just watch the next day. <laughs> On a yeah. gaming blog, <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's it's not as mm. fun. I I think disagree. Okay, so here's where I reveal my true colors. I've talked about this before on the podcast when we talk about E3 and stuff. But here's where my I, I reveal my true colors as like a sucker and a a, a gamer, a gamer, a fanboy. <laughs> this is the biggest like capital G gamer part of me. But I love the moment when it's like t- you're totally surprised by something and it's like the Zelda music starts to play and the theater goes dark and everyone's just going crazy. Like one of my most memorable ever like. Moments covering this industry was was in 2013 when Kirk, you and I were sitting together in the Sony theater, and they announced Final Fantasy 15, and like they they changed the verses 13 into a 15, and I was just like, ah. Um, <laughs> he was, he did make that sound. I was, I did, wow. I did make that sound. He became a little Muppet of himself, the, and he the, was like. Wah! I looked I'm over and it was arms. just this Muppet next to me. Losing I, I didn't. I didn't applaud or anything. I don't applaud during these things as a reporter, no, but I, mean, I no. did. You uh, just go Muppet. You didn't applaud. Not an applauding Muppet. Just Which a little is better. Muppet. It's better to just scream. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I do Way think you miss out on those moments, and I think that's what the Game Awards is really trying to capture, like that feeling of FOMO, where if you're not there, and I saw people asking on Twitter the other day, like, why don't these game publishers just release their things on their own schedule? And it's because, well, a like you have all the eyeballs tuned to this, so you're going to get a lot more attention on your thing, no matter what it is, than you would otherwise. But B, and I think this is pretty important, there is something special about the feeling of like live watching something. It's why like you don't record the Super Bowl and watch it a few hours later. It's like there's something I mean, special about watching. Some people live. do that, but yeah. apparently you Kirk can, does but it's it every not, year. It's not the same. Yeah, Kirk, I know you're a big football junkie, and every day you record <laughs> it, so mm-hmm. uh, so that he can, can watch it three analyze. hours later and ignore the internet. Well, Kirk needs to analyze the offensive line play and figure out what the quarterback did wrong. But anyway, um, I do I do get excited about that. So like I I would not be happy if I like missed a Breath of the Wild two trailer and I 
to catch it the next day or something like that. that, that but that's me personally. Right. Yeah, I'm more okay with that. Yeah, I think I would still watch it live with friends, even if I didn't have to watch it for work. And I, exactly. I have had years where I didn't have to work it. Very few, but I remember them so fondly because I'm like, that was the year I watched it with my friends and we like uh-huh. made fun of it and laughed and like had drinks together, whatever. That's a much more fun way to watch any awards yes. show. Yep. But I'm out there making sure Polygon.com has every piece of news you all need. So, uh, yeah, that's me. That's why I'll be doing it. We appreciate it. your sacrifice, Maddie. So let's talk about uh, a thing that happened with Jeff Keighley this week that must be addressed. Um, so Jeff Keighley, I mean, you mentioned before, Maddie, that he was a journalist. And he's definitely done some journalistic work, but he's kind of... Uh, because he's so tied to all these game companies for like getting them to reveal their stuff on his show and because he actually helps them with the marketing he kind of uh, occupies this this kind of unique space in the industry in that um he is responsible for like promoting games to people um which is interesting because it puts him in a position where he has to be super positive and friendly to all the game publishers whereas most journalists um if if you're doing journalism you're going to piss off off these companies you cover <laughs> speaking speaking from personal Sometimes. experience <laughs> um, yeah. from time to time once yes. in a while but no i mean if you if you do journalism you, you're going to piss people off if you're if you're properly reporting on any industry um and jeff doesn't really do that but um uh there was one instance a few years ago where he like called out konami because they had uh they had mistreated his bff uh hideo kojima and that was a whole thing and so this year um he made certainly made waves when there was a washington post story um that was picked up by kotaku and i think the kotaku blog really just like went, went viral Let but him have it was originally it originally yeah. a washington post story yeah um that essentially like he was like i'm carefully considering like what want to like do anything like essentially just use some mealy mouth language to talk about what was happening at Activision Blizzard um, because they asked him about that and obviously Activision we don't need to rehash that here but has been dealing with lots of allegations involving sexual misconduct and harassment so um a lot of people called him the fuck out. It was really, really intense trending on Twitter. Like a lot of people were going after him, especially because like uh, it was just like a couple hours after that when um, then the, when it started coming out that Activision and like laid off a bunch of QA testers and like uh, there's new Activision just shit show stuff every day. Mm. Um, Eventually, all of the outcry, and, and a lot of people called him out for being a hypocrite that he called out Konami but wouldn't call out Activision. And you can kind of see that because Konami is not in a strong position in the games industry. You don't have to worry about like burning bridges with Konami. Well, Konami so doesn't like have somebody on the Game Awards board. You know, it's right. a very different level. That's true. That, and Activision Blizzard does. And Konami is just so much smaller than Activision. Well, Konami doesn't yeah. have AAA games. They don't have games yeah. that could be announced at the Game Awards. That's the thing, right? Like, so it's an easy target. Um, whereas Activision is not. And so, so at the end of all this, Jeff Keighley let us set, uh, put out a bunch of tweets on Friday night being like um, being like Activision uh, will not be part of the Game Awards um, other than the nominees. And um, he was like, uh, uh, let me read this. Uh, there's a uh, Game Awards is a time of celebration. There is no place for abuse, harassment or predatory practices in any companies or any community. Um Kind of a, a vague statement. People were happy that he did that, that he called out Activision specifically. I have mixed feelings about 
all of this. Um, there are certainly Ubisoft games on stage. There are certainly yeah. like and there's a from... Ubisoft Eves Gimo is on the board as well. He's on the board. Mark yeah, Merrill from Riot like... Games is on the board. There's all kinds of people Riot on this games. board. Yeah. yeah, and these are just the companies we know about. Like every single company, it's only a matter of time before we find out more horrible stories about more companies. The only difference between Activision and EA is that. Activision's shit got exposed this year. Like, that's the only difference. This is an industry systemic problem. So uh, something about it doesn't sit well with me. But yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys thought of this whole kerfuffle. No, I'm with you. I I also looked at that list of board members and I was like, well, first of all, this is just every single major company in the industry. And also a lot of these (laughs) companies we know allegations about and they're pretty credible allegations that are either currently being disputed internally or like people have actually stepped down at Ubisoft and acknowledged that the allegations were true. So it's it's not even a secret anymore at some of these companies. And also the games industry has been not only male dominated, but just dealing in extremely sexist advertising campaigns since the 90s. That's been part of how it operated for so long, and it's only now being undone. Mm-hmm. It's it's just... it's <laughs> Including on the Game Awards show that was the predecessor to this. <laughs> core way. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at some of the old Spike TV uh, pages before we recorded this, and it's like, yeah, the history of the Game Awards isn't great. Like, what... This is... It's rotten from the inside, and it's only in the past five years, I'm not even going to say the past ten, that that companies have started unpacking some of that and changing things. And these much, much bigger companies are going to have a way harder time doing it because they're so big and they're dinosaurs and they're run by dinosaurs. So my expectations are pretty low, but because my expectations are so low, I'm also like kind of skeptical about the utility of call out campaigns like this on Twitter, where I'm like a lot, I'm seeing a lot of people being like, get rid of this Activision board member. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Get rid of all the board members and every single advertisement at the Game Awards? Because right. that's what you would have to do if you actually said you cared about these types of issues. And no gamer wants that because they actually still do want to see even an advertisement for a Blizzard or Activision game at the Game Awards. They kind of do still want to see that. So it's like, how are you going to mediate that problem? You yeah, can't. I mean, it's it's more you have to get rid of it all if you follow that line of thinking through to its logical conclusion. You can say that you care about these problems and still involve those games in your yeah, industry exactly. celebration award, right? Like, there is a way, there is a middle ground. There's a way to do this. I don't envy Jeff Keighley having to find that middle ground because he's in a very difficult position here. And I think that is true. He also has a unique opportunity to just talk about it some. I think it's interesting that there's a comparison. This is something I've just been really ambiently following and I'm kind of catching up on, but I do remember when he called out Konami over the Kojima stuff and he had a way in there. And I think that the comparison, it's not a one-to-one comparison between what's happening now and what's happening then for a number of reasons. And I think it is, it's important to look at what really happened then, which was Going into the show, nobody was calling for him to speak about this. At the show, if I recall correctly, Konami barred Kojima from coming to the show at all. Mm-hmm. And he kind of had an in as a result, or he had an he had an opportunity to talk about it. Because it was like, well, this thing happened that actually affects this show that we're putting on right now. And he could get up and sort of talk about it in a way that felt like relevant to the night. Mm-hmm. Which is a slightly different thing. Like, that's a kind of a 
you know, he had a way in compared to just getting up and being like, this person did something bad or this person on our board is associated with a company where there is bad behavior, which he could also do. And I'd love to see him do something like that at the awards. But it is just like a, it's like a trickier thing to thread when it raises the specter of the endless spiraling like, okay, well, you're talking about Activision, but what about Ubisoft? You're talking about mm-hmm. Ubisoft. What about Riot Games? Okay, well, you yeah. talked about those three, but what about this and this and this? And soon it's like no um, no ethical industry award shows under capitalism, right? <laughs> like it's just yeah. an impossible thing when he's like, well, really, I'm just trying to put on this award show, guys. Yeah. Like I can't just spend this whole time talking about that. It's also different when you're before when it's like before a show and you're being asked to tweet about a thing and the show hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if anything will happen on the actual night of the show because that's when he's at his most powerful. That's when he has the most eyeballs on him, and that's when his actions will arguably be the most impactful compared with a tweet saying I don't stand for harassment and abuse, etc. Before the show, so. Some of this remains to be written, but I would love to see him say something else, do something more. You know, he has a real platform and an opportunity. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. I am guessing, I feel like I know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to start off the show and he's going to include a mention of like, we've all seen what's been happening in the industry. Like we here I at won't the Game Awards stand firmly but... against abuse. Yeah, yeah. Or even there's if been he a says, lot like, of rough times in the games industry. It'll be exactly like what happened when people talked about Gamergate and like that obfuscating tone in like 2014 yeah. when they're all like, we've all seen what's happening. We really we really condemn harassment. Um, or even maybe he might even mention the name Activision. He might be like, we've all seen what happens with at, at, what's happened with Activision. We condemn harassment and abuse in the industry and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I mean, while that is not as much as he could do, that is establishing a norm that's a good norm to establish, right? I mean, just to sort of to say it, like, it's not a bad thing to get up there and, For and sure. say that. I would not complain about yeah, that. it is better than nothing. And I actually would be kind of surprised if he even did that. <laughs> I, I think that's going to happen. I feel like he 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 knows, he knows that um, uh, there aren't a lot of... Uh, one of the other things about the Activision thing is that it's kind of an easy win right now because everybody on every single side of every single issue is like all out to get Activision. Right, even right like now. the there CEOs aren't... of Sony and Microsoft yeah, are willing are to no, weigh in. On there's that. nobody out there being like, you know, Bobby Kotick made some good points. Seems like a really decent guy. <laughs> he like, makes a lot of no... money, and we love money. No one's exactly. saying that. Even if there's no downside, it. there's no downside to criticizing Activision right now, except then you lose your potential to like reveal uh, the new Call of Duty map or whatever. Um, Which Jeff may have. I mean, he doesn't spell that out in the Washington Post quote. Well, that's what he said in his statement on Twitter, that there won't be any Activision presence in the award show other than nominees, which I think is... Correct, and we don't know if maybe there was something he was considering Right, maybe he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would be very curious about that. Anyway, um, that's the Activision stuff. Hey, let's talk about the nominations a little bit. Um, I highlighted some for us to look at. I don't want to read every single one, but I think each of us should just talk a little bit about like what stands out to us um, among all of these. And I'll go first with one that really stood out to me, which is um, 12 Minutes getting an award, a nominee for Best Indie. <laughs> Clearly, Jason was not on the nominating committee <laughs> for this game as the one of us who's played it. Dude, that's like one of the worst games I played this year. And the fact I'm that like. I'm baffled by this. 
I don't know anyone. The who best liked indies it. are Twelve Minutes, Steph Store, Inscription, Keena Bridge of Spirits, and Lou Piero. Those are four solid nominees, and then Twelve Minutes, right? And the fact that like they left out like The Forbidden City, which was yeah. amazing, and like some or Forbidden Forgotten City, sorry, Forgotten City, which was amazing, and some other just incredibly cool indie games this year, like Unpacked or like other other stuff that like flew under the radar. Um, in favor of Twelve Minutes, got Twelve Minutes was so bad. Anyway, what stands out for you guys? <laughs> it's mainly weird to me because I'm like, who voted for this? Were there just a bunch of people who stealth were like, I actually really love 12 Minutes. And well, like, 12, they just it, got it. it got good <laughs> reviews. It got good. There are a lot of people who like 12 Minutes. That is a thing. It's, well, it's not universally hated. Okay. I, I guess <laughs> I stand corrected. It, this I think is, it's this like, is a real green book situation for me. And I just got yeah. to be like, okay, I don't Players understand didn't, it. Players didn't like it as much as critics did. But then again, I mean, Cyberpunk has like, like got amazing, got like nines and tens from, and in fact, Cyberpunk Speaking also of got which, a, Yeah, it's in the next category. Cyberpunk best role-playing game. Cyberpunk 2077 is, yeah. is in this list. And uh, it bravely is again, default too. Alongside four nominees that I would have expected to be in this yes. list, which are Monster yeah. Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and Tales of Arise, all of which I've heard great things about. So, yeah. who knows? Bizarre. Yeah. What else stands out to you guys, <laughs> Kirk? You you have a list of snubs. I know you prepared. I have a list of snubs. First of all, the fact that um, Wildermyth isn't on here at all and is mm. not on the best role playing nominee list is completely buck wild. Yeah. Or best indie. No, right. I think it's it should have been best RPG, best narrative, and best indie. All three of those. That I game's agree. incredible. Very and cool also game. like. It's the game with the most role-playing of all of these role-playing games. I mean, yeah. to be fair, Cyberpunk 2077 does have role-playing in it, which I would say compared to Monster Hunter Rise or <laughs> Tales of... I mean, those games aren't really role-playing games in that sense. Monster Hunter Rise should have just been best action game. Like, what in the world? They're best action adventure. That's not a role-playing game. <laughs> um, so it, th- there's some sort of, you know, uh, categorization disputes that I would have. My other snubs are... Jane Perry, the star of Returnal, absolutely should have yes. been nominated for Best Performance. I think she was, gave one of the best performances of the year. Mm-hmm. I really was I was struck by the music list. It's kind of been a down year, I think, for video game music. There hasn't mm-hmm. been... There's been plenty of, of good stuff. And I, I'm sure there are some games I haven't played. Role-playing games, etc. Actually, I'm playing Unpacking, which is going to yes. be one more thing. That game has really nice music. That could have been nominated. It has really good audio design. I... I mm-hmm. lobbied for it to be uh, among Polygon's best audio design because it has so much Foley work in terms of yeah. like when you're putting away mm-hmm. each item. Very, it has very so much differentiated Foley yeah. work. It's so great. And the music the is The sound also of a lovely. box being like folded up and the music is nice. And I and think Chicory had great music. Fantasian, Fantasian came out this year. Fantasian has an Uematsu tra- like, yeah. uh, uh, soundtrack that's incredible. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. So, right, there's some games I haven't played like that one. I. Gather the Artful Escape has cool music, but Cyberpunk's music is okay. Deathloop's music didn't knock me out. Guardians of the Galaxy is such a weird nominee. These, I'm sorry, I'm listing the nominees, but that's licensed music, and that's, that is yeah, like, included okay. in the description of the category. Is like its best score and music. Aha's take on me, yeah, pretty good song. Should we <laughs> right, be giving it an award in 2021? <laughs> yes, I I love that song. Like, okay, yeah, you know who wrote some good songs? Blondie. You guys heard of her? She yeah. wrote some great stuff. <laughs> some good stuff. Pat Benatar, uh, you heard of this? Like, what are we doing? What are really we doing? Really great, really really great great stuff there. But, so, I mean, uh, Guardians. It has some ambient music too, doesn't it? Doesn't it have other? It does. Original and music? I don't really like the ambient 
okay. it's fine much. it's fine but it's it doesn't fine. knock me out the thing is that it's this nominee this nomination list is missing i um, mean then near replicant which i didn't play i'm sure it has good music just because oh, near automata certainly game. did of course um but uh the two games that are missing from this are two of my favorite soundtracks death store david fenn's music and death death store is incredible i think and peter mcconnell's music wasn't nominated for psychonauts 2 which is banana nut bars to yes. me because that's the best soundtrack Amazing. of the year and, um, oh that songs. is nuts because it won it was nominated for like it's nominated for else. a bunch of stuff which is great yeah, very that's deserving crazy. that's one it is of great. the if, it's very cool to see didn't expect game. Psychonauts 2 to be nominated for so much, yeah. and I loved that game. So I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that in there. So I think that that oversight for music is very strange to me because also he just really deserves awards and recognition. He's like such an industry veteran and like a legend, and yeah, Peter McConnell. So he wins the award from Kirk, anyways. And the <laughs> other two, the other two, sorry, just really quick, are that I think Overboard and Unpacking both could have been in Best Narrative, and that yes. the Best Narrative. Yeah. Overboard, it's just like a, sure. a little bit of a weird one, even though it seems Ooh. like It Takes Two is like the game that the three of us missed. Best narrative. Can we talk about best narrative? Like, I can't believe. Yeah. Best narrative is Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Guardians of the Galaxy, Psychonauts 2. The fact like I love Deathloop, but best narrative? What? No. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Just I would have given Deathloop best performances for both of the lead actors. Mm. Not best narrative. No, it's a <laughs> little funny, right? It's just, it's funny that there are, like, best narrative could be expanded to mean a lot more than it is meaning here. When yeah. you have a game like Wildermyth, for example, that's doing things with narrative that other games don't do. And, um, yeah, you know, and yeah. I do think that this was a game that Disco Elysium maybe won for. Like, I feel like yep. I'd like to see more games, like, narrative design to be considered a little bit more. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's too eggheaded to kind of want to see that in the best narrative category? I don't either. I I think it's like, um, it's almost like you need a narrative innovation category for stuff like Overboard Mm. and Wildermyth. And then you need something like best writing for what I'm imagining they want to give it to Psychonauts 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy and Deathloop for. Yeah, like best one-liners, best jokes that people liked, (laughs) you know? Like that's 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 why people want to put those games on this list. Best screenplay, yeah, best teleplay. Um, so I have a couple funny things I want to talk about on this on this list. So first, let me read a couple of categories. Best Game Direction, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and then Game of the Year, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Best Game Direction, first of all, that is the silliest concept because nobody has any idea what it means. Second of yeah. all, that is so offensive to the director of Metroid Dread and Resident Evil Village that they, yeah. they were nominated for game game of the year, but not best game direction. They didn't have the best directors, just the but it's game of the year. Anyway, like again, as you say, like what is a game director? Okay, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this or realize this, but here's a fun little tidbit that will make this even more hilarious for you guys. Psychonauts two. The game director on that game left in the middle of production, like two years before it shipped. That game, yeah. if you look at the credits of that game, it doesn't have a director because what happened was Zach McClendon left in 2019. Uh, Tim Schafer, who's the head of Double Fine, took over as like project lead, but did not get a director's credit. So if you look at the credits of Psychonauts 2, there's no director. How did this game win get nominated for best game direction <laughs> when there's no director? I think that I think so. If we want to find the root of this problem, it's one step farther back, and that's that all of these categories make sense. Sense, at least insofar as you can kind of figure out what they're going for, even things that I've, I think, in the past sort of 
joked about like best action game and best action adventure game mm-hmm. or best role-playing game with which you took a lot of issue in the category that makes more sense to me than direction no 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 i know I, that's that's what i'm saying i'm saying even oh, okay. those kinds of things like action game action adventure game i can look at it and basically get what they're going for with those but with best game direction that's the one category where i look at it and i'm like i do not actually really understand what this is an award for they just want to be the oscars that is it's just all yeah exactly says. it's just trying to be the oscars but they can't and i guess you can't but in this case it just doesn't work there's no alleg- allegorical it just yeah. makes kind of sense what they should do well so okay so game direction yeah it just makes no sense i guess what they're trying to do is like this game feels like it has the most artistic like cohesive artistic vision right. that's what they're trying to say i guess but then it makes no sense that like Metroid Dread wouldn't be on it. Like, did that not right. feel And also like that Deathloop is on there, be... when I feel yeah. like that right. was one of the flaws of that game, you know? No offense. Is that it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, cohesive. I can see that too. Yeah. Um, and then It Takes Two is probably only on there because the director is like a character, like a colorful character. And I wonder if they all, everyone just assumed that Tim Schafer was the director of Psychonauts 2 and they're like, oh, Tim Schafer, like, best game right. direction. Tim Schafer, of course, I want to vote for Tim Schafer. That's interesting. Do you think the Joseph Ferris effect led to It Takes Two being voted into so many categories? It's not that people played It Takes Two. They just wanted to vote for Joseph Ferris. I didn't play it. uh, But I I, I mean, I've heard good things about It Takes Two. It's a divisive game. Our friends of the besties did not care for it. It is very divisive. I know people who hate it, and I work with them, and they Um, reviewed the game. Polygon. So I want to talk about, okay, I want to talk about one more category and then I want us all to do game of the year thoughts and predictions. So okay. one more category is most anticipated game. Oh so, boy. okay, so I'm going to read you the nominees <laughs> for most anticipated game Elden Ring, God of War uh, sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild sequel. Wait a minute, I'm actually reading from the 2020 nominees. Okay, hold on, let me let me go to 2021. Okay, oh, Elden Ring, God of War sequel, like, no, you're not. Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West, sequel to Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> most am- so it should have been most anticipated delay last year. Yeah. So not only not only is it funny for that reason, it's also the funniest thing that there's an awards category for best marketing of. I mean, there isn't at all when you consider this award show that this is an award show and a marketing event. Like, of course, that's what they have an award for. That's what's so funny about it. It's just like it's trying to have its cake and eating eat it too, right? It is successfully having its cake and eating it too. It is. There's two cakes. Jeff has two cakes. They're just two cakes, right? And they're both delicious. One's for eating. Mister, I'm so excited for the announcements, Jason Schreier. No, but that's what. No, I think it has a massive, massive win when it comes to the marketing side of it, and it does not have the prestige it did not have its cake and needed to like it had it's a cake, smaller cake didn't need maybe it. like it is not considered like i think if you ask your average game developer they will say this is a joke as opposed to if you ask your average movie maker where they might say oh yeah i kind of hate the oscars but like gotta admit it's the most important thing like i don't think and the it game matters awards to your have career the... i don't i don't know the game awards seem like they kind of matter yeah i think the gdc awards matter a lot more to game developers because that's voted on by like their own peers and they just i think I think that's something they care about. More. Yeah, but isn't that kind of like winning at can versus or con mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. winning an Oscar? Maybe, but those are both prestigious, and I just don't think there's much prestige to the game awards. And I think that 
categories like this are the reason why. Like, I, I just think it's really good at the mm-hmm. marketing side, but doesn't have the prestige. Anyway, let's do Game of the Year real quick, and then we'll take a break. Um, Game of the Year nominations, once again, are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village. So let's each go one by one and say what we think's going to win, and then what should have won. Um, Kirk, you go first. This is a year where I'd actually be fine with a lot of these winning. Um, I think that... You know, I kind of feel like Deathloop is going to win. Um, I guess I could see it being Metroid Dread, but for whatever reason, it feels like Deathloop is going to win. I would love to see Psychonauts 2 win this, but I'll be f- happy with Deathloop winning because I love that game too. And Metroid Dread, all three of those. The other ones are a little more... Oh, I didn't play it. It takes two, but Ratchet and & Clank and Re- Resident Evil are both a little like... They were good, but I've kind of forgotten them a little bit. Like They, they don't feel quite as, as exciting to me. So Deathloop, I guess, is my prediction. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. I could see Deathloop winning. I'd be a little disappointed because I'd rather see Metroid Dread or Psychonauts 2 win. Mm-hmm. I will say I do not think Metroid Dread will win. I I would love to see that. You but don't. I, I just don't think it's the kind of game that wins this award show. I feel like I've seen mm. enough game awards in my lifetime to, mm-hmm. to make that claim about yeah. the kinds of games people vote on for Game of the Year. I get what you're uh-huh. saying, yeah. So you yeah. think, wait, Kirk, what did you think should win, whether it's one of these or like another game I think entirely? Deathloop will win, and it, either that or Metroid or Psychonauts should win, those three. D- is there any that's not nominated that you think should have won? Oh, I mean, like, so many Wildermyth? Games. Returnal, <laughs> Wildermyth, Hitman 3. Yeah, um, Hitman 3. Monster Hunter yeah. Rise. This is one of the best games of the year. Death Store. People might have forgotten that Hitman 3 actually came out this year. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good freaking games this year. Inscription, shit, that could be nominated for Game of the Year. That game rules. Mm-hmm. And Maddie, you mm-hmm. think Deathloop's going to win, but uh, but you want, you feel like Metroid Dread should I win. I would love to see Metroid Dread win. It is my personal okay. game of the year, and I don't think that's uh-huh. any secret to anyone in the universe. <laughs> what? What but, a surprise. Um, yeah, I don't think it will win, but I am no longer brokenhearted over Game Awards choices. After last year when <laughs> Last of Us Part Two won, and I just was like, right. wow, this feels like Crash yeah, versus Brokeback was, Mountain uh, to me. I feel bad. I don't oh like God. this. Personally, that was just my personal opinion of that game versus Hades. I felt very unhappy. No, this year it's it's stronger. This year it's yeah, it's it's. I would say it's more neutral. It's it's more neutral. There isn't a nominee that's the inevitable nominee. Yeah, there isn't a clear winner this year. That's what's interesting. There's no God of War or Red Dead Redemption Two, right? Right. Last of Us Two. Whereas last year it was so exciting that Hades was even nominated. So it felt different to see Hades lose. Oh yeah. That last year, right? It was because we were all rooting for Hades because Hades really deserved it, right? I know. Well, it should have won. Um, yeah, oh, yeah wow. this is a tough one. I'm like going back and forth on whether I think it's going to be Deathloop or Psychonauts that wins, but ultimately, yeah. I think it's going to be Deathloop just based on like the critical reception we saw mm-hmm. and like um, the, again the kinds of games that win. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a first it's an action shooter. shooter. Yeah. It, it just feels like. Awards bait, am I right, guys? It's it really, total game. It's funny that bait. that's video game awards bait, though. Is like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I feel like Metroid and Psychonauts are such strong, such strong candidates. I mean, I don't know. I feel like my favorite game of the year is The Great Ace Attorney, but there's no way that would ever. Yeah, win, I mean, that's so. not even in here. Yeah, um, but I get what you're saying. It's too bad. That's <laughs> yeah. just not the kind of game that even makes headway in this type no, of list. Which is fine. That's not what I would expect from an award show. Like it's my niche taste to be reflected on the show. Um, I just 
just uh, uh, would like would like to see a no, little bit it, more. The sense. most fun is being like, well, actually, the best game was right. Inscription. Yeah, if you played it, oh, it's it's a little bit more unusual. <laughs> What's yeah. crazy to me is when even like the big first party hits like don't get nominated. So like best RPG, um, and we have to take a break in a second. But just one little snub that I'm pissed <laughs> off about: best RPG like. Cyberpunk, <laughs> Cyberpunk getting nominated for that when Bravely Default 2, which is an incredible RPG that Nintendo published, it's not like a niche thing, that didn't get nominated. And, all right, rant over. I think it's cute <laughs> that you don't think Bravely Default is a niche thing. I We can move on, but I just I just think that's And endearing. sold, okay, we have, if I, depends. I know, okay, I know what you're saying. <laughs> oh, Maddie, why However, you have to do I know, that? I, I know, I know, but it's just, it's not. We're talking about different scales. It's not of Game niche. Awards bait. I'll just leave it there. It's not Game Awards bait, and Cyberpunk right. is. You no, know what but, I'm saying? No, 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 no. But we're not talking about. Well, we're talking about just best RPG. Like Shin okay. Megami Tensei yes, Five is way more niche than yes. Bravely Default Two. It is. Just I would agree imagine with Cyber well, yeah. like so, imagine Cyberpunk being nominated after its reception. Like that's crazy, isn't it? I, I don't know. know if you've heard, but it has mostly positive reviews on Steam now. It does. <laughs> All right. They're fixing it. They're fixing it. You can say, put in me saying are. that any day for the next two years of our any lives. Any day now. Let's take a break and then we'll be back with more Game Awards. I mean, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. No, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know, it sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. (laughs) Come for the games and stay for the chaos. A man goes to the doctor and says that he's depressed and that life seems cruel. The doctor says, ah, the treatment is simple. The great clown Pagliacci is in town tonight. Go and see him and you will surely feel better. The man bursts into tears and says... But, Doctor, I am Pagliacci. Ah, okay, says the Doctor. In which case, try listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award-winning comedy podcast, and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back for one more thing. My one more thing is another gripe about the game. No, <laughs> Jeff um, Keighley. What? Why does he wear his hair like that? <laughs> Maddie, what's your one more thing? Well, my one more thing is Halo Infinite. I have had Ooh. an advanced code for Halo Infinite, the campaign, for a week now. And also the multiplayer drops and it's free. So I've been playing that too. Yeah. Kirk put in put in a bunch of boys in a bathroom singing the Gregorian <laughs> chant in the background of this. Okay, so I have to kind of eat my hat, eat my my Master Chief helmet on this game. Because I'm loving it, folks, and I never, I never would have thought I'd be saying that Very because happy I'm one it. of those people who played Halo Four, Three Four Three Industries, didn't think they had it, didn't think it was any good, thought it was really weird. 
Cortana dies at the end of that game. And then in Halo 5, she like goes evil, didn't even play that one, heard it was really weird and bad. And I was like, all right, I guess I guess it's over. You know, Bungie's not making these anymore. Halo's just going to be bad. And then Halo Infinite had put out that trailer and it was terrible looking. And I just felt sorry for everybody at the game studio. And I was like, they're never going to pull it together now. But hey, Master Chief, the comeback kid. This game is so fucking fun, you guys. I'm oh, having that's so awesome. much oh, fun man. playing this I'm video so game. I'm so glad to hear that. Okay. It, I think if it had come out last November, it would be as as Oh, it would as be it would be terrible. And, and I think the extra time probably really benefited them, and it'll be interesting to hear why. So the big thing that this game has that will probably be controversial, but then people will try it and then they'll love it, is that Master Chief has a grappling hook now, and it changes everything and it fucking rules. I was about to jokingly be like Master Chief has a grappling hook but then that was actually the thing. <laughs> That's actually what it is. That's actually what it is. So like you can grapple hook a dude like in his shoulder and you Hell go yeah. right to him and then you just bop him on the head little bunny foo-foo style and he's fucking dead and then Amazing. you like energy sword another guy really quickly and then you're like stealing people's guns and it like totally changes up combat and everything feels so fluid and awesome and and you can grapple hook certain surfaces like Samus Aran style, which is very fun. There's like a little more platforming involved in some of the levels now because you got to like scale certain areas and you can use that to your advantage if you want to, depending on how you play. And it's so awesome. And in um, Big Team Battle, which is one of the multiplayer modes, the grappling hook is like one of the things that you can find around the level and use mm. in multiplayer, which is awesome and you can also find that really huge hammer which is like very super smash yes, brothers yes. and truly makes big team battle just the funnest thing ever and i don't know halo's cool again and it rules oh, it's so, so much to play oh, man. also so happy kind hear. of a funny game like it's not guardians of the galaxy level quips at all but it's like a little bit funny and i thought that was an interesting choice like I don't know. The writing just has a little bit of sparkle to it. Sometimes it's just really corny and it's just like an alien yelling at you and it's it's <laughs> Halo and like, who cares? I don't mm. really care about the Banished. And sometimes you'll walk by a Marine who says the Banished took everything from me. And you're like, how many times have I played a video game with that line in it? A thousand. Who cares? But then there's just like a little bit of sarcasm from the chief in this game. And it's so far, I'd say it's just the right amount. I'm like a few hours into the campaign and I think it's only eight hours. So I feel confident saying that it's going to it's going to stay that way. And I've heard from my colleagues who've beaten the game and they love it. And they were all like pushing it up on their game of the year list for end of year voting and saying, like, we got to get this in there, folks. So, like, I feel pretty wow. confident saying it's really, really fun it's a and just I don't know. It's Halo, guys. It's Halo. And it's so satisfying. That's great. So, cool. so first of all, yeah, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, I've got a big story that should be out by now about the development of this game and talk, we talked to Joe Staten and stuff like that. And I think it's really, I mean, I'm very happy that it all came together because like the, the various iterations they've been through on this game, it just felt d destined to be um, another anthem. And I heard an anecdote from people over there while I was talking to them. I did a lot of this reporting last year when the delay happened and before that and stuff, when I heard it was going through development hell. And so people, when I did that big story about Anthem a couple of years ago, it's kind of like the or video game story because I got like 
10 emails from people being like, hey, my game's like this too. Fit, fit my game in here and it's the same story. Halo Infinite was one of them and people who were working on the game like talked about it and there was this anecdote going around that like or this mantra going around that's like, hey, you can do, you go through this and either you have an anthem or you have a god of war at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm glad that they they made a good game. They, they got something really good out of it. I'm, yeah, I'm I wish that. it didn't have to be that way on the road to it though. That's kind of the bittersweet aspect of it all yeah yeah. well you make these triple a games and they're all just a nightmare and you got nightmare tools and lack (laughs) of direction and just yeah yeah, just it's a brutal process making these things yeah but then there's a grappling hook at the end and it's then there's a grappling hook (laughs) so originally their original (laughs) idea was like breath of the wild that's all they were talking about was breath of the wild halo breath of the wild and so they wanted to do a bunch of different powers that you would get and like they talked about that for a while they do have some other powers you can get i i don't know how many there are but i just picked up the second one which is like you can mm-hmm. reveal invisible guys around you and there's like a specific boss you have to use it against and i beat him nice. and i was so oh, annoyed cool. i had so some to of that unequip oh, my great. grappling hook in order to uh. equip the stupid power <laughs> to use like see invisible boss because i was like i just want to grapple like everything so i i don't know i might unlock some more powers but it's hard to imagine something better than the grappling hook tbh so we'll see we'll see how the rest of the game goes for me but i'm feeling good Feeling good about it. Kirk, what's your one more thing? Um, My one more thing, just very briefly, is uh, Unpacking, which Maddie already talked about uh, a few episodes back, and I played largely due to her recommendation, and I've been seeing people talk about this game. And I just wanted to say it's wonderful. Um, It is is a Soothcore game. And I looked around, and I didn't see anyone using Soothcore, so I'm going to say that I made up the name for a genre. You invented it. And I started using it at work, and nice. I'm making people use it now. So it's you. It's all you. And I'm crediting it's you. It's a useful term. Cheers. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I do really like it. I played it, actually, while I was traveling over Thanksgiving just on my laptop. And it's really nice. It's a really nice game. And it does have a really creative narrative. I think there's just something to the narratives that can be told by the objects we leave lying around, which is something we saw in Gone Home and have seen again in so many games. And then in operating system games where you're looking through people's computers, like that is a really cool method for storytelling and they're doing a very good job of it with this game i haven't finished yet but i'm going to because it's lovely so that's unpacking it's a good game i recommend it it's a nice change of pace a breath of fresh air very good yeah it's great cool um so my one more thing is i watched a movie a documentary this week called three identical strangers have you guys heard of this or watched it Okay, so it's about three strangers named Kirk Hamilton, Maddie Myers, and Jason Farrell. <laughs> okay. no. Come um, together to so make a video about, game. Podcast. Okay, so so uh, I'll give I'll give like a little bit of it because I almost don't want to spoil it. It's really really good. It's a documentary. It's on um, Hulu. Um, worth watching. Um, so okay. let me give you the premise. So it starts off with this guy, and he's telling the story, and he's like, "All right, I was in college, and I go to this college, and people start recognizing me, and then uh, I get to this dorm room, and someone's like, you 'You're Ed.'" aren't you and he's like no i'm not eddie and he turn, he finds he goes on this this uh hunt to find eddie and he tracks down eddie and they look at each other and they're identical there it turns out they're identical twins this is a documentary that were, that we're both yes that we're both uh adopted and wow. separated at birth well someone does a reporter does a newspaper story about these two people and someone else finds the newspaper and is like holy shit this is me like i'm the third of these these guys Whoa. look like me what? turns out they're triplets the story gets even crazier from there. How did it, it get out, crazier? Though? Because it turns out 
so they like they all meet up they become instant like f- connections like they all fall in love with each other immediately like and they have this brotherly relationship um they wind up doing a tv tour and like going on talk shows and stuff this is in the 80s so that's mm-hmm. why you ha- you don't remember or haven't heard of it when they um, lived on a on a water base called outer heaven and that was where <laughs> one of them is solid one the of them is liquid well, yeah. One of them is solid, one of them is liquid, and one of them is gas. No, wait. Solidus. Solidus, right. <laughs> solid, liquid, and And solidus. solidus. Yeah, gaseous snake. There was never a gaseous snake. There anyway, sorry, gas. continue. Anyway, um... And then it turns out, and then and then things get a little dark um, because it turns out they were separated for like kind of nefarious purposes. And I'll just leave it at that because mm. I don't want to spoil too much of the documentary. But as oh. I'm, you guys are already hooked. Like it's really oh, good. Yeah. It's a really Sounds great, great story, Sounds and it's wow. really done. It's done incredibly well. Um, so twin stories are just so fascinating. I'm actually playing a yes. show with identical twins next week, and their life just fascinates me. the The idea nice. of having another person that you are so close with that looks exactly like you, like uh-huh. I can't wow. even fathom it. It's such a such a Trip. And they're and they're a musical group. That's so yeah. Cool. They sing together. The Shook Twins. They're great. <laughs> well, okay. So it's so funny how often you see that where like these twins have this talent. And in the NBA, there are like four sets of twins that are like playing mm-hmm. together. Um, like the Morris Twins, the Lopez Twins. Like there are um <laughs> multiple twins, the Plumley Twins. Um, huh. and so uh, <laughs> the fact that like the nature versus nurture thing and the fact that twins are so uncanny. These are like mm-hmm. themes that the documentary explores in some really nice. interesting ways. So That's highly so recommend cool. it. Go check it out. Three Identical Rad. Strangers. Nice. And on that note, I am off to yeah. Los Angeles to go see the Game Awards. And, <laughs> yeah, have fun uh, at the show. Hopefully see some cool surprises. I'll hopefully, be looking know- for you. Every time they do an audience react, I'll be like, what does Jason think about this? Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> going to be. They probably, I feel like they stick the media in the way back, but who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Um, All right, we'll and see, I'll be we'll wearing see. a mask, I'm sure. Anyway, yep. I will see you guys when I'm back. I'll let you know how it is, and yeah, let's all hang out and and tweet jokes and make them in the dis- make jokes in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. sounds see good. All, all right, see you all then, and uh, we'll make another show next week. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show, and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.